All right, we are live. Uh, welcome to everybody to episode one of Cadmount Trail Chatter. This is a new series where we sit down with personalities uh, from the Vermont backcountry community and learn more about them and what, they're, what they've got going on. Uh, I'm Greg Mano from the Cadmount Trail Association. And if you've been following along with any of our backcountry show and tell series, uh, you might recognize our two guests tonight, uh, Mitch Rovito and Al Karam. Uh, uh, they've sat down with us a number of times this season already to discuss uh, various topics related to splitboarding and backcountry skiing in Vermont and staying safe. And But tonight we're going to turn things around and learn more, a little bit more about them and their new venture, splitboardvt.com. Um, yeah, so why don't we just jump right in and learn a little bit about who you guys are. Um, Mitch and Al, do you mind, where did, where did you guys grow up? Let's tell us where, where, are you, where are you from? Well, we're both upstate New York natives. Um, we actually met as first year snowboard instructors at Gore Mountain in the Adirondacks. Um, met on the first day of training, rode together for most of that year, learning how to teach snowboarding. And then uh, the following season, we ended up doing our uh, Aussie level one certification together in Vermont and um, have been buddies ever since so how, how long ago <laughs> was that first meeting uh was it a decade ago pretty close yeah it's 2010 good... i think what's your google calendar say mitch <laughs> yeah i'm i'm notorious for keeping a, a my, my daily homework of uh, logging all the things that i do each day so yeah i want to say it's 2010 or 2011 nice yeah awesome and so uh how did you guys get into i mean how did you get before that it sounded like at that point in time you guys were already snowboarders um, how did you guys get into snowboarding? Al, you what go ahead it? on this one. Yeah, so my first experience, I was always sort of the black sheep of the family, um, just had been obsessed with snow. <laughs> uh, my first board was just like a, you know, plastic Walmart board. Um, first time I ever went snowboarding was um, proper snowboarding at a resort was uh I was 16 years old, went out to Greek Peak, and I think it's in Corning, New York, um, small little ski hill, um, and strapped in or clicked into a, a K2 board, and that was my first experience, and I was pretty much hooked in, uh, hooked from you know that moment on. Um, slammed my head, got a concussion that day. Um, you know, started to snowboard a little bit more um, throughout, but it wasn't until uh, 2010 when I started instructing at Gore that I was like just blown away, you know, riding with other Aussie instructors and just seeing, you know, the things that, that people could do. And I was like, I want to do that. Um, and so, you know, just kind of, um, kind of took off from there. Nice. And Mitch, when did you, when was your first snowboard experience? Uh, my first snowboard experience was sometime in elementary school. I'm um, both of my, both sets of grandparents are uh, first generation Americans, um, both immigrating from Europe and moving to small towns in the Adirondacks. And if anyone spent time in small towns in the Adirondacks, there's not a whole lot to do unless you want to play outside. So they all just learned to love snow. So I actually started skiing uh, before I could walk. And then as soon as uh, snowboarding became cool in the late 90s in my part of the world, I uh, hopped on a snowboard and I've done both ever since, but uh, fell in love with snowboarding. I, I always say I, while I ski and snowboard, I identify more with the snowboard culture and uh, have, have done that ever since. And also growing up in the Adirondacks, having snowshoes and a snowboard on your back was pretty normal to hike around. So I uh, got into snowboarding and 
more on resorts as well as just hanging out in the woods behind the house and going to find overlooks to fly down four wheel roads wherever I could. Awesome. And so that kind of, that's a good segue into like, when did you guys start getting, moving from snowboarding at the resorts into kind of backcountry snowboarding or splitboarding? And like Mitch, it sounds like you went for the backcountry snowboarding first <laughs> and maybe prior to picking up a splitboard. Yeah. So um, I, my father was a Nordic ski coach. Um, so I kind of grew up with all disciplines and um, building our own Nordic trails and whatever we could find in the woods. It was spending time hiking around for good powder stashes. is always just something we did. And um, so, yeah, I definitely did the snowshoe thing for snowboarding while resort riding. And then my actual introduction into, I guess, skinning or, or going uphill with the more modern devices was via telemark skiing. I uh, lived in New Zealand for a year in 2011 and bought a set of skins for my skis to just go out and explore while I was there. And then after coming back, I was totally hooked. So started trying to find a split board, but I actually didn't acquire a split board until about four years ago. Um, so I would say my actual Owning a splitboard, splitboard experience has only been about four years, but before that, I was fortunate enough to have some family members who uh, had the original Volace, uh, I forget what it was originally called, but the like orange and uh, like red and yellow, or there's like two specific colors. Um, so I got to play around on that when I was growing up. Nice. <clears throat> yeah. And Al, for you, like how long ago, when did, when did you, when was your first splitboard or backcountry experience? Yeah, so my first experience on um, uphilling was not with a splitboard. Uh, it was actually <laughs> at Smugs. Uh, a friend of mine, Alex, um, Alex and I, we ended up boot packing up uh, some just early season snowmaking trails um, at Smugs. And uh, I was like, there's got to be an easier way to do this. Like, this sucks. And so just started chatting. I, you know, like, I had no idea what splitboards were at the time. And this is 2013, 2014. Um, so just started asking around. People were like, oh, yeah, like, you got to get a splitboard. And I looked at the cost of it and I was blown away. Um, you know, when you start to look at, look at you know, the, the, the setup. And so um, I finally was able to afford a, a, a splitboard. And that was um, 2015. Um, and from there, you know, I was hooked. Um, right away. So use that to start uphilling at Smugs and other local resorts that had, you know, friendly uphill policies. Um, my first time skinning um, wasn't in, obviously it wasn't in the backcountry, but I just remember going up uh, a pretty steep groomer and had no idea on how to set a proper skin track and all of that and just kept sliding back downhill, every swear word in the book. And it got, I got so frustrated. I ended up taking my split board off my feet through the skis up the hill and literally just boot packed up. Um, but uh, I've, I've since learned, learned my lessons uh, the, the hard way, which, which I had a good mentor at the time to, to show me how to, how to properly skin. It's a funny contention, Greg, between Al and I when it comes to where we both started in the backcountry. because for the longest time, the idea of skinning for groomers or skinning up groomers like got me really, really mad. And because uh, I grew up like you can ride the chairlift for that. Why don't you go in the backcountry? And so, but Al had had a ton of experience with that and found a lot of fun in that. And I had some other friends who do the same. So they've brought me over to that side of appreciating when there's low tide or you want to get some good exercise in to take advantage of the smooth skin track and the easy laps. Um, and then I pulled Al into the backcountry and we've uh, explored a lot together. 
Yeah, I, I'll, I'll throw this out there too. My first time in the back country was actually not in Vermont. Um, so that same year that I picked up this, my split board, I actually took a cross country trip out to Colorado. Um, and we um, had gone, we rented out a hut, um, a room in a hut or beds in a hut rather. And uh, we were near Breckenridge and, you know, we were out there like in avalanche territory. Um, I had no beacon training, no shovel. Tra- I had none of that. Um, I'd read a couple books, watched some YouTube videos beforehand. So, you know, I thought I knew, but after taking an Airy one, it's, you know, that, that sort of kind of set the tone of like, wow, like I had no idea, like we should not have been there, but it, the trip turned out fine. It was a lot of fun and, you know, it was a terrific experience, but uh, definitely, um, you know, uh, not uh, just a different approach, I guess, to going out into the back country. For sure. <laughs> I mean, I feel like everybody gets away with some of those experiences, right? Just, For you sure. Don't know, you don't know enough and like the Abbey level one courses, like, I feel like the thing I, I came away from when taking mine was like how much I didn't know. Yeah, you know, I didn't. I didn't go to it and be like, "Oh no, I'm I'm empowered to go into the backcountry." I'm. <laughs> I came out of it thinking like, "Oh, whoa, this place is way scarier." <laughs> I thought. <Yeah. laughs> so I mean, but yeah, it's a good thing. Um, so along those lines, did you guys, when you guys were first getting into um the backcountry, and what were some of the? Do you guys are there any standout mistakes or errors or, uh, you know shows that <laughs> kind of, you know you remember as like good learning experiences or uh just kind of like story worthy yeah we've we have a we have a lot of adventures of where the the report back is always like if we just knew better before we would have had a great time um but most of it has to do with um the, in the earlier days most of it had to do with knowledge of the terrain itself and what might be needed if we're going to go poke around so issues with thinking you're going to transition once and ride back down to the car because last time you went you did that and you decide to check out a new trail and then find a riverbed that pitches you off and then snow's too deep to boot pack out but you took your skins off and uh, toss them in your bag and they were filled with snow and then they're slapping around while you're trying to get out and um, we've definitely learned the hard way cutting our teeth on the the skin track where it's a backcountry trail and people ski down where the you skin up in that nice cut uh you know nice angled skin track turns into a, a slanted skin track and on split boards learning how to uh, use proper skinning technique and pull out the swiss army knife tactics to just make your way up um, but a lot of them have ended in type two fun for sure of like this could be really good let's go check it out ends up being kind of trash and we're frustrated but we learned so much more about that area. And I think it, it like it dangles that we need to get back there to do it right. And it, it motivates you to get back out there. Yeah. Usually whenever Mitch and I go out together, uh, conditions are more often than not always <laughs> the best. So it's like exploratory or like, I'll go out and I'll do something. And I'm like, Oh man, it was so good. It was deep. And like, you know, needed a snorkel. And then when like he comes out with me or I go out with him, it's, it's always the total opposite. It's uh, yeah. I don't know, it I is a running I'm... joke with us. You yeah. add yeah. one more person to our crew and we have the best time. But if Al and I go out together, we're going to get ourselves in trouble <laughs> just by line choice and, or something silly is going to happen where we're never in danger. It's just could have had a great power run. And instead we ended up uh, having to unbury with snow or something. Yeah. <laughs> nice. 
Do you guys, uh, so do you guys have any go-to zones around in Vermont? Some places that are, you know, that you can, that you can talk about. That we can talk about. Yeah. I mean, both of us live in Burlington and um, we actually work at the same company and um, live pretty close to that. Well, we both live yeah, downtown basically. And so we're, we're often looking for before work sessions or um, catching sunsets and later in the year after daylight savings time um, or avoiding crowds on the weekends. But I would say we spend a lot of time on the west face of Mount Mansfield, a lot of time in the Bolton backcountry. And as of recent, we've, I mean, Al, Al worked at Smugs for a while, um, working at the ski school there. So he's got a, a lot of knowledge of some of the zones off of Smugglers Notch. So we do a lot, some flat country type stuff there and have recently started poking around, uh, entering off the resort. So it's been fun. It's to me, I, I kind of nerd out on some of the, geology and um i don't know what the term would be but like the history of the area and how it was formed and how it was developed and where towns stand and why so it's always fun to poke around the the area of the notch because there's just there's just so much history there nice and so do you guys so it sounds like you guys are getting out quite a bit how, how often do you guys ride lifts as compared to how much time are you spending earning your own turns these days, it's uh, at least for me, it's probably about 50 50. Um, last year, you know, 40 50 days on the snow, and um, I'd say over half were, uh, were on my split board. Um, just finding a little more pleasure, kind of slowing it down a bit. Um, you know, just being, uh, I, I heard this term, I can't coin it, but uh, just being <laughs> forest, forest tourists and you know, getting to explore and, you know, just enjoy being, I guess, kind of by ourselves or, um, you know, just poking around and yeah, I don't know, checking out, you know, the, the backcountry in Vermont. It's, um, it's a really unique experience. And that's not to say that I don't enjoy lift laps because I, I certainly do. Um, but uh, yeah, being out on my split um, is, uh, is, uh, has, has been a, a great adventure so far. Well, it's just a different, I mean, at least skiing wise, it's just a different experience, right? Like you go, like in some ways they're not that comparable. Like, yes, you're sliding down on snow, but the whole, the way you're interacting with the environment is totally different. And so, totally. Um, yeah, anyway. Yeah. So what is it, what, do, what would you guys say about backcountry touring that like keeps you coming back or, or like, you know, motivates you to spend half of your days pursuing it? I never have a bad day when I'm touring. I talk about this a lot with some of my, some of my friends that I uh, do ministry with is like, there's, there's something soulful that kind of like, you're not, you're not comparing your runs. You're, you're out there for the full experience. And also as, as you get older and your joints start to get achy, the skin is a very nice warm up, gets the blood flowing. And I have, I've had a ton of sports injuries and surgeries and, hips and legs and knees and you name it. And when I go out there and, and ride the lift, it's just really hard for me to warm up. And by the time I'm, I'm all warm, I'm like, I'm, I'm good to sit down and crack a beer at the tailgate now. Whereas when it, when it comes to skinning, I feel like I get warmed up. I get to take in the, the beauty of the woods, get to isolate from people a little bit more. And you're always learning out there instead of you're, I feel like you're, you're experiencing instead of, consuming that's kind of how i feel when i'm on the resort al anything to add 
Yeah, I, you know, it's uh, splitboarding is kind of funny because uh, so I, listening to a Dark Starts podcast, Dave Downing um, said it best. Uh, and Dave works for Burton, and he said, you know, people that want to get into splitboarding, um, it's you know, they're like, oh man, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go ride powder all day, and he's like, no, you're not. You're gonna be hiking all day, <laughs> and like that's so true. You know, we'll spend you know anywhere from an hour to two hours hiking, depending or skinning, depending on where we want to go and you know we'll get a really enjoyable um thoughtful and intentional run and that may last you know two to five minutes or maybe a little longer if you're lucky um or you take your time with it um and then you know another two hours skinning um but i don't know i've just um since i've started splitboarding i've just really enjoyed that process of again you know just slowing down being thoughtful and just being out there, um, you know, in nature and, you know, kind of a, away from people. Um, I think one of the coolest things is, you know, especially after a fresh snowfall, you just kind of stop moving and like, just listen. And it's like silence. Yeah. There's something, there's something about that's like evolved over the years of touring for me. That's, um, I don't know. I feel like it's, it's taken into a, a totally different realm. Like you said, Greg, like you can't really compare touring with resort riding and when I first started touring it was very much about I'm going to go try to find the find the good snow because it, it disappears on the resort and now it's really turned into there are some times where I have no interest in finding the downhill I'm like I'm out there I'm out there for the up and I I'm my personality really appreciates one-on-one -on -one or small group time where we can really have thorough conversations and there's something about the skin track that just opens up dialogue and we talk about the weirdest stuff and it's like it's such a good way to really get to know people and get out in the woods and um there's there's something special about that that i think a lot of us resonate with even if we may not have identified that specifically and yeah there's there's something soulful about it that's for sure for sure well something i always mention when anytime i enter, ever introduce myself i always tell people i'm a terrible skier and it's part of the <laughs> part of the part because it really is true i'm not a very good skier um and then i got into backcountry skiing because of all the things you guys just mentioned you know i mean it's i i didn't get into it for the down like i got into it for the fitness for the mm -hmm. to get to be out in the woods in the winter time and you know something here at the cta that i i'd like to and like what you guys are talking about and stuff and I'd, I'd like to see more of is like you know you see media in the ski industry and backcountry and like you know it's all it's often about getting rad you know what I mean and I think that can that can be that can bring some people into the sport like that definitely draws certain a certain type of person in but I also think it scares away a lot of people you know and I think that yeah. backcountry can be a place where you know you don't have to be uh, a super rad skier to enjoy it um, and like you guys are saying you know, most of your time is actually spent skinning or hiking through the mm -hmm. wood. So it's yeah. really it slows things down. And I, I guess I just want, I, there's a, this is a whole group of people out there that I worry are, you know, with the, the typical media that's out there and the, the way it's typically presented might be scared away or a little bit shy yeah. of yeah. Per, pursuing it or, or, or engaging with that country skiing just because, you know, they, they get the wrong, wrong idea. But the reality is it's like, it is a, a relatively slow activity and the downhill part, like it can be rad, you know, to, mm -hmm. but most of the time, especially here in Vermont, most of it's pretty mellow. Totally. Uh, and so, I don't know. I, I hope we can we can work together to communicate that to people better because like, it would be great to see yeah. more in the backcountry. Um, yeah. Anyway, so 
tell us a little bit, tell me, tell us all a little bit more about splitboardvermont.com. Um, this is the new venture you guys just launched, right? Um, it, the yeah. earlier this season. Um, yeah. Like where, where did the idea come from? And like, how did, how did it go from, like, how did you guys take it from like this, an idea to like deciding like, let's do this thing. Yeah. I, I can start on this and then I'll pass over to Al because Al, Al is really the, um, the guy who ended up pulling the lever to make it re all really happen. But um, it, it all kind of started with, I, I have this um, genetic uh, need to be in community. It like runs in my family. It's just something that's part of who I am. Um, so whether it's motorcycles or art or skiing or snowboarding or whatever, I'm somehow I'm just finding a way to find more people who share something and, and hang out together. And um, so I, I work with a, a lot of different organizations from coaching, skiing and snowboarding to the ministry that I work with and everything. And um, when I moved to Vermont and found out about the Fulton Valley split and surf fest, first thing was like, I, I need to be involved in this. This sounds so awesome. Um, so the first year I kind of just came and brought a crew with me uh, and we just went and hung out and got to know people and were there as participants. And it was awesome. And uh, then the next year uh, reached out to you, Greg, and uh, came and uh, helped as a, as a guide there, which is super fun. And then the following year um, just reached out and was like, this is kind of what I do. Can I just get more people for you? And then like outfitted the guides for that event. Um, and then, you know, through that process, we, we learned that this event was organized by some really rad people years ago who did it for really the same reason. There really wasn't, a, there wasn't a gathering of flipboarders in, in our area. And, um, and so the, the legacy needing to continue after that, that last year, Al and I were talking, being like, this could be really fun. And we had a bunch of other projects in mind that were really all around. How do we help these niche outdoor recreation communities that are near and dear to our heart in Vermont that are expensive to get into. They're somewhat isolating. How do we bring people together so we can share resources, we can share ideas and we can just get to know each other. And, um, and then as we were talking about how to make this, this year's event happen in a pandemic and take a physical Bolton Valley based event and turn it into something digital, um, Al, kind of just I think he sent me a text when he was on vacation sometime being like dude I just bought these domains and it was like this list of all these flipboard related domains because we had been talking about it and I think that was really what put us over the line and um and kind of just all went all in but um yeah Al I'd take it from here yeah I mean Greg it was it was over the summer you know you had kicked out that email and we I was in the car we were driving up to Provincetown um, I, with uh, my wife's family and um, I'm reading this and I'm like, I got so excited, you know, about, uh, about, um, this, this coming winter and, and split fest and, and all of that at, uh, at Bolton. And I was like, there's something here. And, you know, I, I was just thinking about like the mountain bike community and, you know, Mitch and I are pretty avid mountain bikers and, you know, we get out there quite a bit. Um, and I was like, I, I don't know, I just felt that, um, you know, splitboarding is super niche, um, and the community in Vermont, um, for splitboarding just, it's was just so fragmented. So, you know, we wanted to try to, um, create that, create a home for splitboarders and, you know, something where they could, you know, um, communicate and, you know, we didn't, it, 
like the idea wasn't just to be a, a stoke account, you know, where we're posting those glamour shots or like somebody dropping a cliff or, you know, like we wanted it to legitimately be a resource that people could rely on and get information from, um, you know, everything from the one of the first pages that we created um, was the resort uphill policy page, you know, thinking like, okay, well, as a split border, you know, gear is going to be flying off shelves. Where are people going to go? Well, they're going to go to a place where they're familiar. So, okay, let's research and find all of the uphill policies that currently exist and get information out there to people. Um, and, you know, that, that sort of expanded, um, you know, some of the things that we're currently doing. Um, and we've gotten some pretty good feedback. Like uh, we just got an email the other day from somebody who um, had reached out and was like, you, you, your resort uphill policy page saved me a ton of time. Thank you so much. Um, do you know where, I, what resorts allow um, or offer, offer rentals? Yeah. Splitboard, splitboard rentals. And I was like, no, uh, but that's a great idea. I love that. You know, so, you know, there's the community reaching out and, you know, providing really good feedback on, on something that, that we put out. Um, so that was, uh, that, that was really neat to see. Um, again, you know, just trying to be a resource um, for the Splitboard community here in Vermont. So. Yeah, a lot of it came from that, uh, the continuation of that, that idea that, you know, gear is going to be flying off the walls, the pandemic, everyone's, this is one way to get outdoors. And it's, it's been a growing sport exponentially as gear becomes more refined and more readily accessible and price points drop and used gear shows up. And we had, we had both done a lot of like one-on-one type tours and unofficial clinics just through our own community. And I mean, I, I think we've both lost count of how many people we've outfitted for split boards and even beyond split boards, just gear in general, people just come to us within our company that has, you know, employs more than a thousand people here in Burlington. It's like when someone asks about backcountry gear, it seems like both of us get a chat internally like, hey, I'm thinking about this. What should I get for a shell? What should I get for a base layer? And we love that. And we've done so much of that. Our thought this year is like there are so many people out there who don't have gear mentors or gear resources and often it takes so much time to really tap into our culture there's definitely a bit of a barrier to entry because so much of it is around exploration and like you go out and you figure out where you're going nobody's going to reveal their stashes nobody's going to give up their information that is hard earned and I don't discredit all of that I think a lot of that has a ton of merit and has a, has a lot to do with the journey of kind of revealing things as you go and learning from mistakes and continuing to take risks. But there's also a huge, you know, segment of our community or even not even just our community, a segment of people who are trying to get into the sport who have enough barriers to cross from like socioeconomic and, and ethnicity and it, you name it, just geographic locations that, you know, how can we create a resource that is not blowing up stashes and is not giving away all this information that might be people need to earn in order for them to really have that full experience, but also have a place where people can start and have that conversation. So the uphill policy was one of those. We have a page that's like, what, you know, when is it okay to go into the backcountry? You know, there's a lot of people who are used to resort riding and maybe riding off the side of out of bounds at a resort that they've seen tracked out before. But um, there's, there's this like concern for our fellow flip orders out there that might be taking bigger risks because they they see tracks and they're used to just following tracks and that's not 
that's never a good idea, even more so when you're in the backcountry. But it's such a sensitive subject, and it's something we're learning so much. I mean, we we like went to a a resort. We went and did an uphill day at Middlebury Snowbowl, and it was awesome. We got a ton of great feedback from their team, their their GM and snowmaking team and ski patrol, and it was really awesome. And they were stoked to help us share more about their uphill policy and, and, and welcome them into an event we're doing soon. But we got some strong comments about blowing up a local stash, which is some locals who love riding up Middlebury Snowball. And we get that. And like, that's, that's your local place and you don't want it blowing up, but also you know, there are, the industry needs some help and people need education and there really isn't a clear line. So we're like, we're the, we're, we want to take those risks. We want to stay humble and learn, uh, but we feel like this is a good platform to just, take a stab at that and, you know, see what works and what doesn't. Nice. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, we appreciate what you're doing. I mean, again, like one of the, at the CTA, we try to, we're, we're kind of charged and we've accepted the responsibility of kind of representing everybody in the backcountry mm -hmm. ski community. And like that, that's hard because the backcountry ski communities like in, includes a, a variety of discipline, different disciplines from like, ex, mm -hmm. like, you know, Nordic touring to Alpine touring to splitboarding and like, you know, while all these people are sliding on snow, they do so in different ways. And so totally. the fact that you guys kind of like are pulling together and creating this, you know, this resource and this, you know, you know, point of that people can kind of gather around uh, for splitboarding. Like we, we think is a, a wonderful thing just because people need like, you know, splitboarders retrain differently. You, we just have different needs, even though we all kind of do the same thing. And so it's nice to have that like specific, uh, website or that specific resource dedicated to you uh, for this endeavor. Um, so yeah, and then and again, I, I'm with you. I, I understand like not blowing up anybody's stashes, but like uphill uphill policies, like you know, most resorts have them because people are going, and some resorts are embracing them and they want people to come and take advantage of it. And then as more you know, like of our chapter, our managed zones come online. There's more terrain out there that people want. Like the communities want people to come and use it. And it also, I, these opportunities provide uh, stepping stones, you know, that true backcountry experience where you go out and you look, look, you find a map, you look at, follow the lines in the map and you're like, that could be a good spot. Let's go out there and mm -hmm. check it out. Like that's not going to be for everybody, but like right. Brent Gap or Dutch Hill or some of these other places that are out there, like you can, you've got a map, you know where to go. Uh, you know, you're going to make it back to your car and you're doing it all under your own power. And like, mm -hmm. it's nice to have those you know, those stepping stones like that, that progression. So you can start at a resort, you can go to Brandon Gap. And then once you're comfortable there, you have the opportunity to go out into the real backcountry. Um, sure. So I've, I've seen the website's awesome. So who's, who is kind of responsible <laughs> for that? Who's your design guy and content person? How do you guys decide? Like, who's the person that like comes home? Like, I think I put it in, I said, who turns off their computer at work, comes home, turns on their personal computer and works off, types into the night. Uh, that guy. Yeah. I would say I, all of, neither of us are very good at turning our computers off because as soon as we're, uh, as soon as we're done with our work, which is in front of a computer, we're uh, really excited about another idea. And even if we're exhausted, it's just like, it is such a good idea that people need to know about it. Let's put it out there. And then it's just, uh, it's like, we just complain to each other that there's so much work to do. And then the next morning, both of us had already done all the work and then we peer edit it and we're like, let's push it live. And then it's just like day after day, it just keeps happening. <laughs> nice. 
So, but Al, Al, I, I, I would love if you wanted to expand on that because it's, it's more than just Al and I. There's, there's a whole yeah. team behind yeah. us. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's not just the two of you. There are other people. Correct. Involved. Yeah. Yeah. So we do have um, uh, a couple of people helping out um, behind the scenes. You know, just. Um, people to bounce ideas off people that are helping us create content, um, you know, sharing stories, um, you know, that, and, and Mitch and I have talked about this uh, quite a bit. Um, you know, we don't want it to just be our voice. Um, that's, you know, guiding the direction of Splitboard Vermont. We truly want this to be a community resource. And, um, you know, we, people that have reached out to us, we have encouraged them, hey, if there's something you would like to share, you know, we would love to offer the opportunity for that. Um, you know, uh, some of the people that are involved, like uh, um, Danny and Bettina, um, you know, they're, uh, they're helping out with Flipboard VT. And, um, you know, Danny was able to share a really great story um, that we published, you know, just a, um, a, I forget the title of it, but I think it was like a, a Splitboarding a Female Perspective. Um, and that article got a ton of views and a lot of feedback and it was really cool to see. Um, so, you know, again, we just want to empower people to kind of, you know, leverage Flipboard VT to, to help share those stories and experiences. And, um, you know, again, just connect with the, the broader community. Um, we don't want it to just be Mitch and, and I, um, you know, putting content out there, so. Nice. So is it just a website or are there, do you guys have other assets? Guys... We, yeah. So we have the website. Um, we do have a Facebook page. Um, we just started engaging with that a little bit more sharing content and connecting with people there. Um, Instagram has been, you know, uh, our primary uh, or the platform that we use primarily um, to engage with, um, uh, with, you know, people that want to connect with Splitboard VT. Um, so we've talked a little bit about, and uh, so we actually shot, I'll, I'll share this story because um, it, it, it is a lot of hard work. And Greg, I know uh, you can sympathize with this uh, a little bit, but like, uh, for example, you know, Mitch and I were able to shoot a video um, uh, talking about skins and, you know, the different types of skins and how to cut them and use them and all this stuff, right? Um, and, uh, we had a couple different camera angles and audio, and I'm still trying to like, learn how to figure <laughs> out how to edit, edit the thing. Um, you know, that's not video. We're not experts. No, we're not, we're not experts in, we're in video barely, production. we're <laughs> barely novice. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, we, we have ideas to, for, of content like that. Um, but the, again, we're just not the experts in, in that realm. We're, we're learning as we go. Um, so for anybody watching, uh, we do appreciate your, your patience on, on all that stuff, but. <laughs> we're trying with enthusiasm. I think that's all that we can commit to. Yeah, I mean, well, we've, we've had kind of success with this format where we basically just turn it on, start recording, start talking, then turn it off and like yeah. no edits. <laughs> just yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the, the editing process is what eats up like crazy amounts of time. And a lot of time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, that's cool. So, is it so? What? Who's all? Who's all on the team right now? Do you have an official team? We um, don't have an official team. We have a couple of bios up on the website for we. We kind of just sent a message out to this broad. We don't really have like a line. We've got people who are a bit more committed. People who are kind of 
friends of Splitboard Vermont. And then there's some people who are, who are fans in a way that more than just kind of following along on Instagram. And, and we sent a, a post out or a, a message out saying, you know, we've created a space for a bio. Anyone who wants to share a little bit about who they are can check it up there. So that is on the website if anyone wants to go and learn a bit more about some of the people on the team. But I'll, I'll give a couple first names of some of those people. But we have, we have Pete who does a lot of the social stuff. He's um, a really intelligent, creative eye, a uh, great photographer, and um, just kind of knows styling a bit more. Um, we really share the load with that. Like a lot of the photos Al took just when we were on backcountry trips, but, but Pete does a great job of capturing some of those. And so you'll see more of his work. We have Pear, who's down in central Vermont, who does some, uh, I mean, he just, he's, he's the backcountry expert. He knows the zones more than all of us. And, uh, and he's just out there charging all the time, whether it's on resort or in the backcountry. And it's just awesome to see some of his stuff. Um, Aiden, who's another friend of ours here in Burlington, who's uh, buddies with a lot of different brands. And, and he's actually, I mean, he's, he's way more knowledgeable in, in the actual topography of Vermont than we are. And he's, he has some amazing ideas. So he's, they're kind of, they're all on like the, the, peer team and then Bettina um, who works with Unlikely Riders and is doing some really amazing stuff uh, trying to gain access to the backcountry and backcountry equipment for a lot of people which is super rad to have her perspective and and she's also a, just a just slays on a snowboard and it's, it's fun and and then Danny Sweet and um, who Al was talking about earlier and then got a couple other people who contribute in different ways but I would say I think that's the primary team who's really been pretty strongly engaged and and we we welcome others we we've shared that in a lot of our Instagram DMs when people reach out and give some constructive feedback or have some ideas or just like to engage it's like if you've got ideas or if this is something that gets you excited we're not gatekeepers by any means we're just people who have the means to to build the platform and in send this thing into the air, but we really would love to not be the ones who are, who are contributing content. If there's anyone out there who has good stories, good zones, just wants to talk about their experience. Like we've got some tools that we've tried to make it easier. So you can write your own perspective, send it to us. We'll set it out to the team for some peer editing so that everyone can be in on it and make sure that we're all, uh, you know, matching each other's tone and then get it out into the world. So Vermonters can read it and learn more. Nice. <clears throat> Sounds great. Yeah. I mean, I've the website, I mean, the team looks good. The website looks awesome. Um, so how about we bump over to, I mean, it's, I was going to ask you guys if you have any cool projects coming up, but you do starting in February, right? So yeah. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little, let's, why don't we <laughs> take some time to talk about uh, Splitboard month and like what, it, what exactly is uh, Vermont Splitboard month? Yeah. Go yeah. Uh, so Vermont Splitboard Month, um, you know, started off is uh, originally, well, we weren't even going to run it. You, you guys were going to run it with a CTA and it just sort of, um, you know, we just kind of took the lead on it, um, Splitboard VT and, um, you know, started connecting with um, different partners and, you know, really the, the, um, the idea is about getting people out, you know, um, we just find a lot of joy or we have a lot of joy in, um, in sharing in the supporting experience with others. And so we tried to come up with a fun way to get people out. Um, we've got a couple of things planned um, throughout the month. Um, and, you know, we didn't just uh, tailor it to the Burlington area. We did try to be 
um, as thoughtful as possible um, and make sure that, you know, we covered uh, other areas of the state as well. So, um, you know, you'll see um, some things in central and in southern Vermont, um, you know, just to encourage people to get out there. Um, uh, you know, we're going to run a uh, Instagram uh, media contest. We've got a backcountry exploration challenge um, that we're going to run. And then uh, we also have a raffle. Um, uh, that we are uh, that we've got set up as well, um, and then some of those donate or the donations are uh, going to go back to you guys over the Catamount Trail Association. So, um, with that, uh, we do have um, you know to encourage people to get out. Um, we do have a, a bunch of the, um, prizes to give away. Uh, I wasn't sure, Mitch, if you wanted to kind of shed some light on uh, on that. Well, how about how about how about we take a minute? What do, yeah. What do, there's three, uh, there's three parts, right? Three. Yeah. You want to yeah. chat about those? Yeah. yeah. There's, there's the Instagram yeah. contest, the exploration challenge and the raffle. So like, why don't we, why don't we touch base with the Instagram contest first and just what's that about and how does it work? Yeah. So, so the Instagram media contest and um, just so everybody's aware, we do have a page on the site. It's live. Um, not all of the details have been published yet. We will publish those um, uh, by February 1st. So when you log on, you'll see those. Um, but the Instagram media challenge is um, basically just go out there, uh, send us your best video or photo, um, tag uh, Catamount Trail Association, Splitboard BT, Outdoor Gear Exchange, and then I believe the hashtag is um, VT Split Splitboard Month or VT Split Month. Um, it's on, on the, the website. I, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that uh, is going to run the entire month. Um, you you know we're going to log all the photos, and then um, March first we'll announce a winner. Um, you know, so uh, yeah, that's the Instagram media contest. So the second part is the backcountry exploration challenge. And um, there's actually a, a, a comment that I just uh, responded to in the live chat, which really lines up with that. And Ned brought up a really good point about, um, you know, following a concept similar to like Fellowship of the Wheel in Vimba, where there's chapters and they have trail systems that are managed and updated. And that's why we're partnering with Greg and the Catamount Trail is that's totally what they do. And um, some of their zones, not only have they carved amazing paths like the Rasta Vermont area and partnered with uh, local forestry and built legal trails and have really set precedent for a lot of places outside of Vermont, but um, it's great riding. And, uh, and, and because it's part of the Catamount trail and something that these local towns want to promote, they want to get people, you know, help the economy, help share their cool stories in their towns and, and experience that. So the backcountry challenge really started on that, you know, this, the, the, this whole idea came from the Bolton Valley split fast where we took tours out into the Bolton Valley backcountry, followed pretty mellow route, good introductory route to show people and, and get them out there. And now, you know, we can't really meet in big groups to go out and show people the backcountry in that way. So our thought was, how, why don't we partner with resorts for people who might not feel comfortable in the backcountry, but still want to follow uphill and these maintained zones where we're not blowing up anyone's stash. We're not sending people where there really isn't any good trail marking or signage and let's find some zones and give slip orders an incentive to just get out of the house in a time where all of us are pretty isolated and stuck at home and uh, just a good way to, to get out, to have a bit of an incentive with some cool prizes. So the challenge is throughout the whole month, there's four different zones 
or four different sessions, I guess you could say. Um, each of them has a, what we started off saying, a, a good snow and a weak snow zone where it'd be a mo mostly resort if the backcountry wasn't safe to ride in. But thank Uller that we, uh, we got all this great snow last, uh, last weekend. So now we're gonna have kind of a, a, a option one and option two so that the resorts are still included. So it really is seg segmented as Northern-ish Vermont, Central Vermont, Central Southern Vermont and Southern Vermont. And the idea is that each week will feature one of those regions and it'll be a week that you have to, we'll share some resources on where to go, share maps and details. A lot of it is either based on that resort itself or that zone itself. So Bolton Valley Backcountry, uh, Brandon Gap, Dutch Hill, Scutney Outdoors, there's some of them. And then some are the resorts, you know, Bolton Valley Resort and Middlebury Snowbowl and, and Pica Resort that have progressive uphill policies. Some of their uphilling really allows you to stay off the resort and not quite feel like you're on the resort. And the idea is that each week there's going to be a featured zone. We'll give you all the info you need. There's going to be a mandatory photo opportunity somewhere there to essentially prove that you've done the route and we've got a specific zone. And these zones are going to be common zones, but we're going to do them in a way that caters towards split board friendly terrain. We're going to avoid the long flat runouts. Some of them we're going to mischievously make sure there's some good split skiing in there and make everyone have a good time and find the powder stashes uh, intentionally or unintentionally. Um, but we'll be, be sending people out and give you a reason to go out there. And then you'll submit all that information through a really short, easy form on the website. And then each week we'll be drawing someone from the completed submissions and then there'll be a prize pack each week and then um yeah i mean that that kind of covers it there's there's going to be some more details it's a lot of moving pieces in order to keep everyone safe with covid travel guidelines and everything where we're trying not to have everyone rush there and meet on a saturday where the parking lot's going to be full like we really want to spread it out so everyone can do it at their own leisure whatever they're comfortable with and and get out there but uh again the, the, the website will have all that information and it'll be listed out for each week. So if you're listening and you want to participate and this is something that sounds fun to you, start blocking off each weekend in February as much as you can and dedicate some time to safely traveling to your zones. Um, you know, there's, there's definitely going to probably be some changes to travel restrictions that we'll want to pay attention to, especially if you live in the Northeast Kingdom and you're trying to do the Southern Vermont one down at Dutch Hill uh, that's a pretty long day of driving, even though we're within the state, you know, we want everyone to be smart and we're not going to, we can't really police that, nor should we, but we, we do want to make sure that we're advocating appropriately for everyone being smart, safe, and respectful, even if uh, you don't feel like you have to, we're, we're part of being backcountry skiers is caring for each other and caring for the land. Nice. <clears throat> yeah. Awesome. So yeah, so Instagram contest, exploration challenge, and then the last, the third item is the raffle, and that mm -hmm. will be happening at the end of the month. Yeah, and so the uh, the raffle and the backcountry exploration challenge. Um, so the raffle, you can um, uh, you can enter at any point throughout the month of February, um, and if you complete one of the challenges and we verify that, you know, with the photo submission um, through the site then you also get raffle entries that way. So, um, you know, you've got potential to win some stuff, you know, by completing one of the challenges. 
as well as entry into the raffle. Um, so if you didn't want to pay to enter the raffle or, you know, the thought was, okay, you know, maybe somebody can't go out for whatever reason, but they, you know, want to throw some money to a good cause um, and potentially win a prize, you know, there's a way that they can do that as well. So. Yeah. And the raffle really is, it's a donation with benefits <laughs> um, to clarify, you know, like we've got prizes that are donated by awesome brands who, not only support the venture of a split board community gathering, socially distant digital event, however you want to label that, but also they support the Catamount Trail and they support trail stewardship and they support these resorts that are uh, working really hard to keep people uphilling. So, uh, you know, that's something we, we don't want to be missed by the, the fun of seeing some cool prizes up, up for grabs is like, it's really, we really believe in trail stewardship and continuing to access continuing to create zones that we can go to safely that are marked well, that, that bridge us between the resort uphilling and true backcountry, So we can all cut our teeth and get a bit more comfortable in those areas. So, um, you know, we're supporting the Catamount trail and, uh, and by doing so you're, you're getting uh, a raffle ticket to potentially win some cool stuff. Nice. Thank you. So I have a quick question. We discussed this previously, but do you guys have any plans, um, to move forward with like sharing like split board friendly routes uh, at, at established public zones. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's something Mitch and I have been talking about um, quite a bit. You know, we fully understand and respect, you know, the backcountry culture. Um, you know, it's, it's something we're still actively talking about, um, you know, even in some of the published materials out there, you know, there's no routes per se, but there's, Hey, like, here's the zone. We're going to talk about it. Um, here's some points along the way, but it's not like, Hey, this is the route that you follow. Um, you know, again, that's something we're still kind of discussing. I don't know if you wanted to kind of expand on that a little bit, Mitch. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I love that question. And we were talking about this. We did a splitboard VT kind of like team backcountry skin through the most mellow line in the Bolton backcountry a couple weekends ago before we got all the snow and <clears throat> we all pulled our chairs up after in the parking lot parked way away from all the crowds everyone set their chair up you know six feet or more apart and and we're just hanging out and it was and we hung out in the parking lot for you know almost two hours just talking about ideas and it was super fun and one thing we kept coming back to is like where where is the line and you know where's the line between revealing zones and where's on the other side of that is education and empowerment and, and keeping people safe and, and this ramp up. And I, I you know, we, a lot of us landed on this line of, well, we don't feel like we're entitled to blow up those zones. We do feel like it's okay, especially this year for us to bend our ideal in order to help each other out to stay safe through education. And, you know, I, I look forward to the days where we can meet in person again. So we can say, hey, let's all just meet up at the trailhead and we'll go explore this together. Or we'll reveal it to you as your backcountry mentors, show you the route, and then you can come back with a little bit of experience and, and refine your own skills there. And I mean, I, I see some people in the chat on, on, on live who I've taken into some zones in the backcountry that I would get slapped for showing them around with. And, uh, and now, you know, those are some favorite zones and that's how you do it you, know, you you get connected with the community you have conversation you learn about the the area and then you respect it so i i hope that conversation never stops i think that's what i'm getting at is like if we don't if we don't keep asking that we're doing 
ourselves and our woods a disfavor. For sure. <clears throat> Love that. So, all right, let's see. I, I'm kind of out of questions. Like we <laughs> Vermont, like split month. Um, I just want to kind of recap really quick. Again, three parts. There's uh, the Instagram contest that runs all month. You just go tour, take a picture, share it with appropriate tags and you're in. Um, yeah. And then there's exploration challenge. And that, that one, you guys are going to have, there are going to be set kind of routes that people have to follow. And it's mm -hmm. not so much the route, but it's the photo checkpoint that they need. Yeah. And, and I will, yeah, I will add to that is like, we're, we're going to be sharing routes that are either on the resorts, they are their uphill route. And then we're going to choose a suggested downhill route that is like, here's the route that is probably the most intermediate route down for the masses who may not have been there. If you, if you go all the way to the top of Pico, you know, there's really only a couple options down if you're an intermediate rider. Given we're kind of making the assumption that if you're doing a backcountry challenge, you're probably going to be an intermediate to advanced rider. But we know that that's also a huge part of splitboarding is there's a lot of people in the, I learned to snowboard. I'm not a great snowboarder, but the idea of going into the woods and splitboarding sounds amazing. And those people, you know, can use some support as well. So we're trying to also cater to that, to that group. And um, yeah, all the routes are, we're, we're giving you some low hanging fruit, everything you can find on Bolton Valley Backcountry's map. You can find on Ross of Vermont's map. You can find it out of Scutney Outdoors. Um, some of them we're pulling from David Goodman's um, Best Backcountry Skiing in the Northeast book, which are pretty well defined. And we're you know, making sure to point people at that resource. Anyone who's listening to this chat who doesn't have that book, who's a split boarder, Goodbye. buy the second edition because uh, they're... Goodman did such an amazing job of pulling some splitboarders onto that second edition because the first one mentioned splitboarding and snowboarding, but uh, you know, Dave himself is a tele skier and says that you know some of these are okay for splitboarding, but he wouldn't know. So he brought some splitboarders along, some really awesome people, and they really defined a few routes that are good for splitboarding. And it's an awesome resource and fun read and a great way to support someone who has. I mean, really, it is a whole nother conversation, but really changed the tone of the conversation of what we're having now about backcountry zones. I mean, these kind of conversations weren't ha happening before he was commissioned to do a backcountry book a long time ago, I think by the, the AMC or something like that. Um, but yeah, a lot of these were saying, here's the route, here's the specific spot, make it to the spot, take a photo. If you want to pick your own route and go somewhere else, go for it. That's all we care about. But we're also giving you something to follow which is not typically how Al and I promote backcountry. We don't say, here's the route, go follow it. We say, here are the trails, go research it and empower yourself and make sure you're fully resourced. So we're gonna be working really hard on our, all of our outbound channels to continue to get that in front of people to say, yes, we're kind of giving you everything. We're keeping it really mellow. We're keeping it controlled, but you're still in the backcountry or you're still in uncontrolled areas. and. You, you can't be lazy with that because not only do can you put yourself at risk and your party at risk, but in the age of COVID, you're putting these small town first aid and search and rescue people at risk and that trickles into your communities and that can impact all of us. And uh, also another deep conversation that would be great to have sometime um, and it is already happening now, but yeah, that's definitely the format of the Backcountry Challenges. We'll, we'll give you most of it uh, and we'll make it easy for you, but also Oh, we're going to help you do your part. For sure. So, and then every week, new routes you submit, there'll be prizes awarded every week. And anybody that completes the, the challenge 
gets entries into the raffle, also earns entries into the raffle. You yes. got it. And in those photos that you take in the backcountry challenge, tag them with the Instagram challenge as well. Some of those zones are very, very photogenic and very picturesque. And, um, you know, why not also submit them and maybe even win? I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe the drawing, someone just crushes it out there and can win a couple of the prizes. Yeah. So your backcountry challenge, you can submit for the Instagram challenge and for the end of the right? Yeah. Yeah. All we just want as much content as we can out there. Anyone, whoever's out in the woods in Vermont on a split board, like let's get connected. It's more than just the challenge. This is like an easy way for us to see into the lives of all the different areas. I mean, me personally, I live in Northern Vermont. I grew up skiing and riding resort in Southern Vermont, but I know nothing about the backcountry zones down there. So the idea of seeing some really cool shots from the Southern portions of the Catamount trail or some, some zones, or even private land, like I'm, I'm not going to go try to venture down there these days, but it would be awesome just to see people down there. Cause it's, I just don't know much about it. Yeah, for sure. And then the raffle and then the raffle itself, multiple ways to enter. If you do the backcountry challenge, you get five entries. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm not sure what the numbers are. We'll have that all dialed in by by February 1st, and and they might change. But yeah, you you get entries for for completing the challenges. There's an incentive incentive to do the backcountry challenge, and then yep. if you if if you want additional entries, you can always purchase them. Yep, and and the the additional entries for the people out there who want to participate and also uh, feel strongly about supporting the Catamount Trail and some of those zones, entries are bonus. You can donate however much you want, and we'll throw entries your way. One thing we talked about was at the Bolton Valley Split and Surf Fest, there were people who came every single year and they're like, I'm going to spend $150 on raffle tickets because there's not a lot of people here and there's a split board up for grabs or there's a touring pack up for grabs and it doesn't cost that much money. So it's going to a good cause and some people might only do one backcountry challenge or buy a set of five raffle tickets. And if you donate a hundred bucks to Catamount Trail, chances are you're probably you're, I mean, statistically, you're, you're going to probably be walking away with prizes. <laughs> well, if I remember correctly, most years, a couple of those guys end up pretty embarrassed because they keep Yeah, because they, they won everything. They ended up giving things away. <laughs> so, yeah, it does, it does play to play the odds, you know. It yeah, work. for sure. For sure. Cool. So, yeah, I think that's about all I got. Do you guys want to add anything else before we kind of sign off here? Um, yeah. I'd, I'd love to add just another call to everyone who's maybe listening or anyone who's listening and might not be a flipboarder, but has some flipboard friends is like tag them in, get them connected with us. Like we want to meet people and we like Al and I were talking about this before we even hopped on today as we were making our own backcountry plans for this weekend is saying like we we're not the experts in flipboarding. We're not the experts experts in Vermont. We never will claim that, but we want to hang out with the experts and we want to learn from the experts. So the more people we can get connected and engaging with our content and engaging with the people who use our platform to connect, the more we can educate more people and the more opportunities people have to find mentors to get in the backcountry and learn that stuff. And the more we can build each other up and the more we can help lower barriers for people who need access and help support um, operations that are making it happen for us. I'm going to go on a really brief one minute rant here. Bear with me. Um, this is something I experienced last weekend. I was up at Bolton Valley going uphilling and um, out, it was like the day after the, the big snowfall and three of their parking lots were completely filled up by uphillers by about 7.30, 8 a.m. and the resort opened at nine and their parking crew had no idea where to 
to park people. And that's awesome. It's cool to see people getting out. But here's a resort that offers $17 uphill passes versus $70 chairlift tickets. And they're going to have to turn people around. And as uphillers, sometimes we get a bit entitled to like, well, it's, we should be able to go uphill on the land if we're not paying for lift tickets. But resorts have no motivation to allow us on their hills financially like they're doing it because they're skiers and snowboarders and they see this and they want that to happen and uh, so that's something that we're, we're talking a lot about is like how do we continue to have that dialogue so that we can we can kind of bridge the gap in an age where polarization and division seems to be growing more and more like what a better way to, to hang out let's go on the skin track let's go park appropriately and then continue to find ways to uh, keep really nice things that we have in vermont that a lot of people don't have so and rant <laughs> that was a good rant <laughs> well al anything to add or no yeah the, the the only other thing i'll add um is you know we in in non-covid times you know we had talked about doing you know meetups like we thought it would be cool uh mitch makes a great pot of coffee um for what it's <laughs> worth um and doing like morning meetups you know po like uh, pre-work skins dawn patrols or post-work skins something like that you know again just to be intentional about getting out there with other split borders um apart from just you know our little circle of friends um and you know just looking towards like future vision of splitboard vt um you know we we want this to be around for a long time to come um and you know we've already started talking about well what are some things that we can do to continue to give back to the community and so figuring out ways to um, you know, get people, um, you know, WUFA certified, uh, wilderness first aid and um, get them into Abbey courses because that stuff is pretty expensive, you know, anywhere from three to $400 a pop for a weekend course. So, um, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out ways to make that happen and uh, be able to get people that, you know, wouldn't be able to afford access, um, you know, access to that stuff. So. Awesome. We should chat because we can help you with some of that stuff. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> well, cool. Well, uh, I really appreciate you guys taking time out of your evening uh, tonight to kind of talk with us. I also appreciate uh, everything you guys are doing with Splitboard Vermont and uh, and all the all the effort and energy you guys have kind of poured into uh, pulling together and making happen uh, the Vermont Splitboard Month in place of you know our typical Splitboard Festival. Um, I just think like you know people want to get out and you know it's it's just it's just great to see people kind of like picking up that torch and kind of running with it and doing like this is it's a lot of work you know what I mean I don't, I don't think a lot of people recognize like how much effort goes into building a website and how much time and how much energy that you spend like like developing content and deciding what content goes on and like pulling together like reading scouring websites for uphill policies and digesting <laughs> that and putting it in there like it takes time and yeah. you know and you're doing it like, as far as I know, you don't have any sponsors, right? You, it's just like, you guys are just doing this because you oh. want other people to have, an, have the best ex experience possible. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's awesome. It's great. Uh, we love what you guys are doing. And, you know, we're all, we'll always be here to help you in any way we can. And so thank you guys. Thanks, Greg. And I just wanted to say thank you and the Catamount Trail Association for all of your support in this. You guys have been a tremendous partner. Um, and I, I don't think this would be happening the way that it is without you having our backs and, you know, being a great sounding board and, you know, just um, just there for us. So this is um, this has been huge. We can't thank you enough. Seriously.
Cool. Thanks, guys. Well, awesome. you know, the feeling's mutual. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess uh, with that, um, we'll sign off. I do want to make a quick plug for the Catamount Trail Association. This series is hosted by the Catamount Trail Association. So I encourage you to go check us out uh, at catamounttrail.org. Uh, we do try to be kind of the, the advocate uh, for all things backcountry, um, skiing, you know, Nordic backcountry and splitboarding. Um, however, it's great to have people like Mitch and Al here kind of like really kind of dial in and dive deep into kind of certain aspects of that, you know, places that we can't, um, we just, we can't do as good of a job, uh, you know, providing information for. So thank you guys and uh, enjoy. Hopefully you guys have good plans this weekend and hopefully the, the snow holds up. Take Thanks, care. Sir.